Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about two quality titles for the Amiga. Really? No. These are crap. We're going to be talking about two <laughs> terrible games for the Amiga. What they, the, Jaws you, and Flying Shark. Beauties in the Out of the I know it's hard to believe that a game called Flying Shark could be bad, but it is. It's not that bad. It's pretty bad. It's okay. But before we do, Aaron has a special Amigos presentation for us. No, I don't. Aaron, but what I, what I do have is a, a report from Korg. That's, that's what a presentation it's a It's a special presentation. There we go. Yeah. So, over the past weekend, I actually got to go to a gaming convention. The only one around this time of year. We've got two that are... I guess you would call it was Columbus local. It's I know. Yeah, I know it's within three hours. It the, the Corks is in Columbus, Ohio. It seems like a world away though. It's, from where uh, we are. It's, it was roughly a three-hour drive because it was on the far side of Columbus. So I know in a lot of countries, like that's a long drive, right? Three hours is a in America. It's it's a it's not that long, mm-hmm. right? You, you frequently drive three hours to destinations for your work, right? Well, th- th- up and back. Yeah. It's not yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I drive an hour to work every day. So, uh, Korg's was the is the uh, Central Ohio uh, Retro Gaming Society. What a great society that mm-hmm. would be to, to be to uh, have to be in. And this is their Korg's Con. Um, I've been to Korg's, I don't know, four times now. I was at one of the very, very early ones. It had to have been the first or second one. Excuse me, and then uh, uh, subsequently went to a couple more, and every year it's 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 a good time. I usually come away with some good deals. Um, last time I went was I think two years ago, and the problem with Korg's is uh, it is not a, a, a normally a a show for classic computerists or real real retro gaming like your. Fairchild Channel S, your, you know, there's Bali all, Astrocades. Yeah, there, although I did see a Bali. Um, and generally, you will see, there's always 2,600 carts around. But for example, you're not going to see, say, a, um, you're not going to see a bunch of Atari computer carts around, right? Now, I know there's an Atari, they have a computer show in, in Columbus, too, like the same outfit or a similar one puts it on, which I haven't got to go to that one. That would be a cool one. Uh, I'd, but, I'd be uh, interested in that. Uh, Sometimes you get lucky and you stumble up points. Now, well, this year they actually had more computer stuff than I've ever seen there. But uh, they had z- exactly zero Commodore stuff of any sort. There was no Commodore Amiga. There was no C64. There was no VIC-20. There was nothing. They had they didn't have Jack Squat for Amiga or, or Commodore. I mean, they had nothing. It was very depressing, actually. But they did have a lot of uh, stuff that I haven't seen before, stuff that's rare for me. Um 
the first thing I saw that I thought was particular, I'd never seen one, and I got to play it, was a guy had an MX, MSX2 mm. Japanese computer. You've heard of those, yeah, right? Yeah, And he had a game plugged in it, and he had a joystick, and it hooked to a monitor, and I actually got to play the game. And it was, it was you know, it was okay. I, I talked to the guy, and this guy looked like a surfer. And uh, he said, I said, hey. He goes, I was like, man, is this MSX2 for sale? He said, no, man. He goes, that's my personal MSX2. I was like, man, where'd you get this thing? I've never seen one in my life. He said, I got it in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, uh, what, are you, what are you doing with it? He goes, well, I program on it. That hmm. game that's on it is my game. Wow. I, I made it. I was like, no kidding. I was like, I was like, really? I, I was like, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell it. It's not for sale yet, but it's, I'm getting close. It was okay, you know. So I said, why are you going to sell this MSX game here in America? He's like, yeah. I was like, what kind of market is there for the MSX? Because I've never seen one, and I don't know anyone that's got one. He goes, well, I'm going to find out. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, good luck, pal. So he's, he's selling a game for a system that was never commercially released. In the United States, that's that's true. I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. I mean, have hey, you ever Godspeed. have you ever seen an MSX or one never. or two? Ever? Not I'd, even when I was in Japan, right? I'd never seen one, so I was like, and when I walked up and saw it, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Mm-hmm. And I got to touch it, I got the joystick. That's cool. That was that what was, was the joystick like? It was okay. Was what? it like a twenty six hundred style? Boy, it was happened so quick. It, I think it reminded me. of... You remember the Atari? No, it didn't have a paddle. Remember that Atari 2600 joystick that had a paddle on a joystick all built into one, like, mm-hmm. long? It was sort of like that without the paddle. Okay. But I, I, I think. Like I said, I was in awe. I was like, wow. So, the next wacky thing I saw was a guy who had a ColecoVision table, right? Now, there was some ColecoVision there, and he was selling Atom games. I almost bought a couple Atom games. If my if I, my Atom was fully functional, I probably would have bought him. He had Dragon's Lair on cassette. He wanted like twenty five bucks though for it, but it had docks and everything. But he had two, um, he had two full inbox aqu- uh, Aquarius wow. things for sale. Which that now really the Mattel Aquarius that was the computer version of the Intellivision. That's right. right? Sort of the atom of the right. Intellivision. He also had the, uh, and this is something I've never seen. He had the uh, well, not in person. He had the uh, Intellivision two keyboard. Hmm. Which I have an Intellivision two now. It's not working, but uh, uh, the keyboard that's I've never seen before. You know, so that was neat. I talked to him for a while. He was a real odd cat. Nice guy. Don't get me wrong, but you see, he was a you know he seemed like he was like at Vietnam level, like post stress. He was just like, oh man, I'll tell you something, you know. But he was a nice guy. <clears throat> so they also had, and here's something else. I I don't think I've ever seen. Maybe one time I saw some someone had some Neo Geo carts for sale. Really, the big ones. Which have you ever seen those before in person? Uh, in Japan. Well, I I, yeah, I can imagine. So these are big and they're expensive too. Uh, you know, as you can imagine. And right beside that, the dude had a crap load of Vectrix games for sale. And I had a Vectrix set up to play. Hmm. Very rare that you see someone have one set up to play. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the uh, um, did you pick up any overlays for use with your multi cart? You know, I didn't. I didn't pick up a single one because I didn't see one saw any for over- overlays without the game. Mm. And Vectrix games are expensive. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> um, I also found it, I was my goals for the show were to pick up a Neo or excuse me a Neo Geo. Yeah, I want to pick a new Geo. Were to pick up a, uh, a a second joystick for my 3DO and to pick up a second joystick for my Turbo Graphics. And I didn't do either. I didn't see any 
3DO peripherals. I did see some games. I did see some 3DOs, but no like uh, extra sticks. And the 3DO games they had were. Uh, I did see I did see Super Street Fighter or Street whatever the Street Fighter is for it mm-hmm. that was in box, astronomically charged, and then uh, and some other like lower end 3DO stuff. It, you know I don't really cl- you can burn CDs for the 3DO right. and and I I'm hesitant to buy media on CD to mm-hmm. purchase it because mm-hmm. of the obvious you know shortcomings of that media. Right. So. Um, I skipped out on that. I found a, I did find a, a, a Turbo Graphics 16 uh, game, like a joystick pad, and I almost bought it. And then it occurred to me that I, because I hadn't played my Turbo Graphics for a while, I'd forgotten almost that it only has one joystick port. And so to use it, I would have to have a what's called the Turbo Tap, mm-hmm. which I couldn't find anywhere. And have I know I can get one for like thirty five bucks online. It's a lot to pay for that just to get another joystick. So I. I Bowed out on the stick uh, before I bought it. Um, I will have to get another one though, because I'm starting to get into the, tur- the turbo graphics, you know. And obviously, we use one for the show in an upcoming episode. Uh, and uh, um, you know, they're they're fun. They're a lot of fun, and they're, they they have a lot in common with the Amiga in a lot of ways in terms of some of that. They have a lot of common games. The TV Sports series is on it, for example. Uh, so I'll I'll be getting into that. And then as I was leaving, a guy had a complete inbox and helped me out with this. I said, Atari thirteen hundred. Um, what are the letters? You know what I'm talking about? Well, the that I read when you said that, and that that doesn't exist. Okay, what is so it? So the, there's a twelve hundred XL, which is what I have. I took a picture of this thing. I'll look at it. it might there's a there's it's not a twelve hundred. There's a fourteen fifty XL that was like a prototype or like part of like I'm the pretty Falcon sure this was a thirteen like hundred. If you want to show me the picture, I'd be it. glad to see it. Entertain the troops okay. for a minute here. Let me do a quick Google quick. search for Atari thirteen hundred. No, it does not exist. Okay, well, I, it's possible that I, I miss saw it here. Up here it is. Let me see what it was. Oh, it's a it's 130 XE. That's okay. I was close. Yeah, I actually used to have one of those. 130 XE, and he had several. Uh, and he had this cr- the craziest joystick I've ever seen for that thing. It was a it was a um, tall joystick, and the the base was completely round. Hmm. It was just, it was real odd, and that came with it. He was asking, I think a couple hundred bucks for the thing. I think it had a box. It came with some, a bunch of games and stuff, you know. But I don't know. He said it was a step up on the XEG uh, in memory. No. I I don't think so. And he, I, I, I guess that they had this one had been expanded to a certain degree. The one thirty XE. Well, I mean, like it might have been expanded, but out of the box. I'll show everybody at home a quick picture of my. Uh, 130XE. I got new in the box oops, for like $25 at the time. What a deal. Uh, this is back when times were good, when the, when the retro gaming scene. Um, and uh, But the, the keyboard on it is by far the worst keyboard of any Atari computer. Can't be true. Um, except, what about the 400? Well, the 400 you don't even... I mean, the 400 is a different sort of keyboard. But for like a keyboard that's not just a membrane keyboard, mm-hmm. the 130XE is the worst. It's... It's that and the 65XE were the last dying gasps of the 8-bit line. Mm-hmm. They they made it look like an ST. You know, it's got that same ST color scheme. Um, but the, the keyboard is crap. 
uh, the carts, the way they plug in, they plug into the back of the machine and they stick out of the back. Sort of like the 520 on the Amiga, yeah. you know? So all the great things that come from having something yeah, like that. Yeah, So, um, yeah, you made a good move in not buying it. Well, I'm happy with what I've got. You got the XCGS, which is one of the coolest. I mean, to me, the, the top three in no particular order are the 800, the XCGS, and the 1200XL. You like and, the 800 more than the 800XL? Oh, yeah, because all oh, the 800... It's got dual cartridge slots. It's got the ultimate 70s color scheme. It's got the lid that you lift to put in the cartridge. It's got four joystick ports. It's my it's my understanding that when we used to play with my buddies who had the dual cartridge slots, we never used them for anything. You, it, that's not the point. The point is that they're there. The point is there's a lid you've got to open up. Have you up ever had two carts in there at once? No. <laughs> what, a, what a weird thing. So, I mean, the, the, you do miss out on the, the XE line of games for the original 800 unless you upgrade it. But um, the, I just love the way the 800 looks. I mean, mm. It's a cool-looking machine. So, anyway, it was, we had a good time. I, I brought some goodies around. I'll, I'm going to move this off the table so I don't wake the dead here uh, with our podcast listeners. But I'll just toss out some of the stuff I got here and try to explain what it was. So, this is a... Um, I got this on a whim. In fact, the price tag's still on here. This is an action replay uh, uh, for the Sega Saturn. All right, it's a four gig. But the really the main reason you would get this, and I'm sure most people know, you can you can patch these or hack them, upgrade the BIOS with a hacked BIOS, lets you play uh, CD burnt games, basically bootlegs. On the on the on the Saturn. How do you access the BIOS through the cart? What you have to do is you have to use the swap trick one time, and what you do is you 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 boot up a disc made specifically to patch this, mm. and you and you boot it up. You take it apart. You hold the button down to let it boot while the top's open. You do the swap trick, then you put this in. It updates it. And once it updates at once, you're done with the swap trick. Mm. So I never wanted to subject my Saturn to the swap trick. And Saturn games are, have gotten expensive. And yeah, also, again, did. this is a, much like my problem with the 3DS or the 3, 3DO or and the CD32 to a certain degree is when you're dealing with the uh, the rigors of CD burning and it, or CD ownership of originals. I mean, you're killing these things. Mm-hmm. And every time you, I mean, CDs supposed to last a hundred years, but that's a crap. They just don't. And and I'm, I have a real problem with buying CDs for for uh, consoles or the computer. I just, you know, they're just they're going to go, you know, or get scratched or whatever. So I figure this way, I can I can just get whatever I want, and uh, I can play stuff from Japan too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I'm going to do more piracy. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. So. Sorry, everyone. Um, I actually picked this up the day before Korg's, but I brought it because I thought it was kind of interesting. This is that game I whined about a couple weeks ago because the guy was trying to step me on the price. This is the Odyssey 2. It's called Wall Street Fortune Hunt. Um, this is part of the of the uh, uh, Master Strategy series. I don't know if we were talking. I know this is an Odyssey podcast, but just real briefly, um, the Odyssey 2 had this gimmick that they came out with that uh, let you... They would they would pair their video games with a board game, you know? And so uh, you would do stuff on a board and you would there would be something going on on the screen. And sometimes there were many games and sometimes it was more integral to... Like, in this case, it's a stock market simulator. So they have a ticker that goes by 
and you can see that uh, for you at home, there's a there's a board. It's color. So you can look at that boat. Isn't that nice? It looks very good. Brand new. You, it's, it might be difficult to tell yeah. for those of you watching at home, but this is a finely crafted package. It is. And this looks like it's never been used. It's never been used. And it the, the manual here is so nice. It's gold. The page. Look how. I mean, you can. Yeah. There's 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 an ends paper. There's yeah. a front paper and an ends paper. And it's got it. a see through window in the front. It's just it's everything they did on these was like the top top shelf. Mm -hmm. And so I managed to get, talk this guy down after making him feel bad. <laughs> hey, that's my that's what I do. And uh, got a good deal. And I mean, even the uh, the uh, game pieces haven't even ever been opened. You know. So that's I mean, it's completely brand new. And so in the future. Since you know, uh, we've kind of expanded the Amigos to encompass some other type systems, and I think this is something that's interesting just from this goofiness of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and that's not. This is not the only type of this game that you have, right? Right. There, there were, as far as I know, there were three of these made. There was this one. There was Quest for the Rings, and there was uh, Conquer the World. I think was the other one. And I have that. When I picked this one up, I've gotten them all now. And, but I've never played any of them properly. And what have you done recently with your Odyssey to enable oh, this yeah. to happen? <laughs> so, I, uh, I I read a while back you could you could mod your Odyssey 2 to have RCA outputs. Uh, the Odyssey only had RF because it's old. It's really old, like 82, something like that. I, this is Odyssey is the one I had when I was a kid. It's my original Odyssey. So, um, I took it and... and wired it up today I'd, I'd read that you had to add some boosters or something to get a good signal uh, i said i had a feeling that they were doing it wrong and that's why they had to do that so uh instead of using connectors that would lead to female ports that you had to plug into i just ran male ports that you just plug right into the tv mm -hmm. it, it eliminates that junction that, and that causes the and that will cause a yeah. yes exactly and uh, my caps look good and i did a real good job soldering and uh, I tried it, and it works. It works perfect. It's the best the Aussies ever looked or awesome. sounded. And I wired it up so they have dual mono. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be doing some of these games here. So I'm going to say, if it's not your bag, no big deal. But uh, somewhere down the line, uh, we will probably put some live board video game play. I've looked around at it. It's you know, it's not like there's a lot of people doing it. Right. And a lot of people don't have the capacity to do it or the or the patience to do it. <laughs> but we but, do. But we do. So there's that. So, Okay. So, I also picked up, um, I, uh, in fact, we used this on the show, uh, I picked up a couple of TurboGrafx games. Um, one I got was TV Sports Basketball. Uh, I think what, we're going to do a couple comparison videos, just for fun, between the Amiga and some other consoles, and even computers. And so, uh, and we've been trying to sort of incorporate that a little bit in our live plays, uh, just for fun, just to see how the Amiga stacks up. I've got an idea in my head for an Amiga versus the world, like, sub show, you know, like a, like a video show that I might run, you know, just from the house. I mean, it's not even a show, it's just for, like, me playing just different stuff. So I thought, I'm, I'm going to pick some stuff up for other systems. So, TV Sports Basketball for the, uh... For the uh, TurboGrafx-16, and also picked up, and of course you saw this, if you, well you will see this, Bonk's Adventure, which on the Amiga was BC Kid, and we have a good go at that too. And I also picked up, which I didn't bring it, 
I picked up uh, Pinball Fantasies uh, for the Jaguar. I thought it would be fun to try that out. And uh, uh, we'll be doing some of that stuff just for kicks, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to uh, to try it out. Uh, And I also ended up picking up, you know, everyone knows I love my my joystick, the uh, Wicco. The Ergo. The Wicco Ergo. Now, my Wicco Ergo is the one with the white sort of rubber thing around it. It's, you know, it's... It's basically rubber mm-hmm. cover. I picked up one of the red ones that are just plastic. I picked up one of those as soon as I saw it because you don't see them that much. I got that at the show as well. Is for it still a bucks. Wicco stick or is it that Epics stick that looks like the Wicco? I stick? can't remember. It's the red version. I can't remember if it's Epics or Wicco. I have to look. I don't have it with me, but it's the exact same shape. Okay. And it's the one I like. Okay. And then you can actually again one thing about these that I like is you can go in there and change out those mold, those uh, micro switches. Uh, so so. Uh, I paid way too much. I paid. I bought for. I paid fifteen dollars for it, but I saw it. And I was like, man. And it was the only thing I saw that I was like, man, I could use this on the Amiga. The one thing I was talking to someone on on uh, chat earlier, and and or he, he was actually congratulating us that we'd gotten to go to a, a or I'd gotten to go to a local gaming show. It. I would love to go to anything that had some Amiga stuff. I mean. <laughs> You just never see it. I mean, it, it's so depressing. And I watched well, the revival like, video and stuff. There's all this Amiga stuff, and we, we, I would just like a little something, yeah. you know. And it's it's like you know, Brett is talking in the chat room. He says that you know he knows a vendor that that works the the scene, and he says the reason why you don't see that stuff is because that stuff doesn't sell, you know. And vendors only want to take break take stuff to shows that sell. Yeah, I suppose you're and right. It's not like comic books where you can have just like endless long boxes of crap because you know long boxes are easy to move and store and stuff when you're a vendor. I guess I don't know if I was a comic vendor, I don't I wouldn't bring half the stuff they bring to shows either. But well, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much it. Course was fun. I wore my amigos. I wore the uh, what was it they called it when it was at Revival? The uh, infamous amigos blue staff, and supporters staff shirt. shirt. And I actually did have a couple of people compliment me on it. And I had to got a guy at a restaurant I went to. He's like, "Oh yeah, they on the Amiga." You know, so a couple people knew. I don't know who the hell I was, but again, this is not. Yeah, we're a local celebrity. No, but I, I I was hoping someone would at least know what the shirt was in terms of the you know what it, mm-hmm. you know, work what it represents. So, but it but uh, oh the uh, the visionaries the intellivisionaries I think. Uh, the podcast was at the show. Oh, they had a okay. booth. They had a booth. They had wow. a, a booth. There They're were about, time. I think there were forty tables. Oh, you were gonna say there were forty guys. <laughs> forty, like, forty <laughs> I, I meant to go over and talk to the guy, but I went over once and there was no one there except for a kid. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll come back around. They ended up not getting back over that side of the room. But you know, that's cool. A lot, usually, this there's a podcast called. Uh, now you're playing with podcasts. I know you're a huge fan of that. I haven't heard. You know, it's funny. I, haven't, I don't know if they're still even in business because I didn't see their. They didn't have a showing there. Last time I was there, they had Odyssey two up on the big projector, and they were playing Killer Bees. I think is what they were playing. Uh, but I didn't see them there this year, so I don't know if they're still even a podcast. So, but uh, I always like that show. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so there were there was one podcast represented. Oh, the fellow that wrote Phoenix: The Fall and Rise of Video Games. Leonard was there. Herman. Yeah. He was signing books. You know, he seemed like a real nice cat. He had a good group of people around him. I read that book, the yeah. first one, and it was good. It yeah. was, it's it w- much heralded. I, I won that book in a contest. Oh, right. Really? I, I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but there was a uh, video game magazine called Classic Gaming Magazine that was a Chris Cavanaugh uh, joint that he created back in the late 90s. 
And um, I subscribed to that. And that was really what got me back into retro gaming and made me realize that I was not the only person that knew what retro gaming was. But anyway, they had a contest about who can write the best haiku, the best retro gaming haiku. And I submitted the haiku. <coughs> Mega Force was a very, very bad movie, but a good game. And that won the contest. That won. So you can it. only imagine the competition that I faced. But the, yeah. the, the, by winning, I won a signed copy of Leonard Herman's Phoenix. And you wrote it as well, Sam. I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. Um, I don't know. I was going to go over. The, we've got some updates on the site. Do you want to go over those or I can go over Why don't you go over them and I'll cue um, them up here. For one thing, let me tell you, starting off, there's two things I want to get make abundantly clear. All right. we're, we're playing games. Over at the Amigos, everythingamiga.com webpage. And we want you, we want you guys to come in and play with us. Every couple, every week or so, we try a new game. If you go into the forum, uh, we, uh, it's called the Amigos Challenge. Uh, we've had, uh, we've played Jaguar and we've played, uh, uh, California Foot, Bag. Mm hmm. And this week was my choice since I sucked so bad at footbag, and I chose uh, pinball dreams, uh, the beatbox table, three balls. Uh, if you go to the forums, there's everything you could possibly need to get you in gear for this for these games. They've done a tremendous job. The brain trust going through and telling you exactly what you need to do, where you send the video, how to how to get the game to run the exact speed. It's perfect. So I implore you. To, to roll over there and and give it a go. You know, you don't have to have anything special. You can just fi th throw the discs in your computer or you can play with an emulator, whatever you want to do. And let's see how you guys stack up. I'd like to get a bunch of people to play some of these games. We've had a pretty good turnout, but I'd like to get, like, my goal is to get, like, I don't know, 50 people to turn yeah. in scores. It'd be awesome, yeah. you know. So if you, if you play games and you want to play with your Amiga, hey, if you need an excuse to pull out those old discs and and fire it up this is it this is the excuse don't hold back don't wait to the 11th hour right i feel like mean gene on, trying, <laughs> trying to get you to dial up the wrestling hotline 1-900-909-9900 did you ever dial the wrestling oh god hotline? no 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 why do i still know the numbers it's a sad thing i guess the advertising worked right so so there's that next in the docket this is the other thing i need to implore you to do we now have the amigos quiz all right have you taken the quiz yet not yet not the yet. quiz is awesome y'all it's uh it's awesome it tells you right away if you've screwed up <laughs> it keeps track of of the uh, questions you've botched and gives you the correct answer and then it gives you a score and it even judges you and who doesn't want to be judged uh this this week's quiz is uh amiga racing games and how do you think you can beat this quiz boat looking at it over here? Boy, I can tell you I'm going to have some trouble. I will say you all have to beat my legendary score of 6 out of 10. <laughs> Not good. And I missed a couple and I felt like a complete... I was like, do I host co-host a podcast about this computer? <laughs> so anyway, the quiz is great. The Brain Trust has implemented this and they're they're all geniuses, all these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I, every time they do stuff like this, it just blows my mind. Plus, have we talked about the uh, the the game poll? No, we need to start talking that up. Actually, so, go ahead. Yeah, okay, Amigos episode one hundred is right around the corner, folks. Oh, it's unbelievable. And we need your help. Um, we need you to tell us 
what your top five games are. And the way that we're going to do that is we have here on the, if you go to everythingamedia.com, it seems that our site has, uh, you know, got a little bit crazy with the scrolling, or maybe my internet's I think it's your crazy. internet, yeah. That's bad news for the show. No, our, our stream's still <laughs> going strong. Um, I know, it's just our page died. Okay, we'll load it up again. It's too awesome for the internet. Um, <laughs> if you sc scroll down the page to uh, episode game ranking, you can see where people have voted up or voted down games. You don't have to give a vote to every game, but just um, you know the games that you really like, vote them up. The games that you really hate, vote them down. And uh, and that will help us choose the readers' top five because Aaron and I are each going to do a top five of the last fifty games from episode fifty to episode ninety nine. Just I like we did, just like we did games. the uh, well last time we did ten. We're going to do five this time, mm -hmm. uh, both, and then we're going to do the readers' five, and then we'll probably each pick a dud right. out of the uh, yeah, and maybe a few honorable mentions since we're only doing five. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, wow, hundred episodes were near. You know, I know a lot of podcasts are on like eight million episodes, but hey. When I say that we didn't think we'd get a hundred episodes, I mean if we if you told me we'd get ten, I'd been baffled. Right. And the fact that we, especially with our wacky schedules, better to get together for a hundred, just a hundred moments is amazing. So for, I mean, just logistically, mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. And hey, we also did a podcast while we were here. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, the poll is really cool, and the uh, the uh, uh, it will it will help determine what the readers like. So I think I think it'll be kind of fun. Right. Um. So, what else is new? Well, I've got some more here. So, Dreamcatcher has been a busy boy. I know, stunning, right? He's got a couple interesting articles out. One, he actually covers this week's game. In, in, in one of our games, anyway, he, he talks about Jaws, the computer game. As timely as today's headlines, Boat. And uh, it's a good read. Uh, Dreamcatcher draws conclusions which mirror mine in many ways, <laughs> uh, but uh, he also he has plenty of very entertaining stills in here as well from the movie. So it's a good read. Also, Dreamcatcher not not uh, not stopping there. He also has a, a interesting look at the uh, Gremlins marketing director David Martin. Now, this if you're on the service, you're like, oh boy. But I mean, this is interesting as hell. It goes into like. The uh, evolution of advertising in, in Gremlin Zool and stuff like that. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Pretty good read. I mean, it's always good. Dreamcatcher. He's a, he's a good hand for sure. Um, we had a new tech. Uh, uh, well, of course, I guess I should mention this. We also had. I don't know if we built this last time or not, but we had a. Uh, who was it? They got over to revival and took some footage. Chris for Folds. Us. Chris Folds. Chris Folds. Chris Folds uh, shot us some footage at revival. Uh, if you didn't get to go out, and we may have mentioned that before, but if not, there you go. Uh, I watched. Did you watch this footage? Oh yeah, it was, was awesome. I was literally I crying. I was. I, was yeah. I could not believe uh, how uh, uh, how cool it looked. And <laughs> I would love to be able to go to something like that. But you know, what are you what are you going to do? Um, so Gary Hucker, our our buddy down down south, mm -hmm. down below the equator. Uh, and down there, and was it, is he in Australia or New Zealand? Gary Hucker is in New Zealand. New Zealand, that's what I thought. Uh, he's the man with a million Amigas. That's right. He's the king, the Amiga king. Uh, he has a, a, a look at his, uh, he's getting together an A590 Hard Drive Plus. Uh, he looks at the installation and upgrade to a Workbench 2 off of 1.3. 
this uh, has been pretty popular. I was <laughs> jumped there quick. Of course, Gary, if you watch his videos, uh, he really gets in there. It's 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 quite informative just to see him. I have see him no idea. With the camera. Yeah, I mean, how, I don't know how he does his camera work and do stuff at the same time. You he's, know? he's he's talented, man. Yeah. And the thing is, he's playing with two of his other amigos with his feet <laughs> right. at the same time. <laughs> you know, so he's got that cooking. Um, I also mentioned again that uh, uh, in case you haven't picked it up yet and had a look, the uh, uh, Amigos magazine Kickstarter is, is out, uh, issue seven. Uh, I'm going to push it. Uh, it's cool. It's got a uh, uh, awesome article by a fellow in there who uh, goes into great, vivid detail a, on, on Anthony, how much right? how much that everyone should love Lionheart, uh, and uh, it's a good read. So I, I highly recommend that. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. That covered just about everything. I think so. I think so. Actually, that's. I think that's new. I just it's, saw something else pop up that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I did. I did bring this up. Uh, this is. We don't know what this is because we haven't looked at it yet. It is literally brand new on the site. Something about uh, this is that guy, Dreamcatcher. Yeah, this yeah. is Dreamcatcher. Um, maybe something about Chris Yates, John Hare. If those names mean anything to you, oh, John Hare, Sodov, Sky yeah. Fox, Sensible. Uh, Check this out. I'm going to read this as soon as the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't be stopped or contained. He's, he's <laughs> posting stuff at an alarming rate. Well, Bo, we've put this up for long enough. It's time. We've got. We've got the. They're, they're waiting for us to deep, intricate details. So we're going to take a look at two fascinating Amiga games. Uh, first, we're going to look at Jaws, the computer game, and then we're going to look at uh, Flying Shark. So, Bo, before we get underway with this, let's talk about how we came to be looking at these games. Well, it's funny you should And by we, that. I mean you. Um, when we were uh, speaking with the, uh, the, the what, what we like to refer to as the Brain Trust, uh, the Amigos staff and contributors, uh, we were kind of casting the net wide for show ideas. Get it? And... And... Um, <laughs> And I want to say that Dreamcatcher might have suggested this game because Jaws was ported to other things. But then again, maybe he did. Maybe I suggested it when he when he just said, what if you do same name, different game? And Jaws was the first thing that came to my mind for some reason. I'd played the NES version, but had no idea what um, an epic train wreck the Amiga version was. How did, how did you know there was this on the Amiga? I, I had just, not heard of this. I just we... assumed that there was Jaws you on the Amiga. Just assumed If there is a video game system, there will be Jaws on it. Well, let's tear it down real quick. So, We're Jaws, not going to build it up, that's for sure. Jaws, the computer game, uh, released in 89. Okay, Not to be confused with uh, Jaws on the NES. Different game. We'll kind of touch on that. Uh, published by an outfit called Screen 7 and uh, developed by an outfit called Intelligent Design. Uh, they, <laughs> did, they did a couple games. And I believe in uh, Dreamcatcher's article they had had a name change and at one point they had, among other things, they had done Samantha Fox like strip poker. Mm. Something like that. They'd also, under the name Intelligent Design, they did a game called Crossbow and a game called Vixen. Now, I have heard of Crossbow. I have heard of Samantha Fox. Let's talk about her for a minute. (laughs) When I was a young man, uh, uh, you're still a young man. My buddy Hose, my buddy Hose turned me on to Samantha Fox. I was very pleased. I was a big fan of Samantha Fox uh, back in the day. 
but unfortunately, she has nothing to do with this. But I started to bring her up. So <laughs> you you're, you just wanted to bring up that early tie to the adult film industry. Well, you know, Hose gave it's funny. Hose gave me this poster of her, and I had it in my in my apartment, and it was with me forever. It was on the mountain. I had it up on the mountain too. And uh, gosh, I don't know what happened to that poster. Now it probably got lost in, in the last big. It was one of the things that got tossed a couple weeks ago, probably. Mm. But it was a good poster. There's no doubt about it. Anyway. You can stay tuned for Aaron's Amanda Fox breakdown. Samantha. His, Samantha his... Fox. Have you not heard her two big hits? She had two songs. No. Naughty Girls Need Love too. No. No. Doesn't ring a bell. No. I'm not. I'm, touch I, me. I, I, touch me. Touch me. No, no. Nothing. No. Gosh, man! I'm you, not traveling in the right circles. Apparently, well, I, I need guess to hang not. out with she those. Had two, hey, they they were both chart they were chart busters, man. They really were. They did well. Okay. Hose had the maxi single for these. Mm, is that the flexi disc? It's the one that has like 30 versions of it on it. <laughs> and she also, I believe, she was uh, Naughty Girl Single Two had full force on there as well. The art, the rap guy. No, not this reason. Full force is that a guy? No, it's a guy. A series of guys. It's a mm. bunch. It's not a series. It's a bunch of guys. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> now we're going to actually have to talk about the game. I'm sorry. Uh, so, um, anyway, one one player, um, you know, <laughs> no one else, you couldn't find him to play anyway. And um, this musician on this, now this is, this is kind of interesting. The, mu- the musician on this was David Whitaker. <laughs> of all people. Now, what he did among familiar. other things, he did Shadow of the Beast 1. Okay. He did uh Blood Money, he did Gold Night, he did tons of stuff. Tons yeah, and tons of like... big stuff. Hit the music for this is uh let's say minimal. Right. So he must just have cranked out a couple tunes, slapped them in there and said the hell with it. Something else I found interesting about this game when I was researching it. Uh and I'll mention their names and I'll explain why. The artist, the, the graphic artist in this is Rob Henderson, and the uh, um, and he never did anything else ever. I mean, he did no other games on the Amiga. In fact, no, with the exception of uh, Whitaker, no one else that worked on this ever did anything else on the Amiga. No, I mean, ever. Well, there was they had no other credits. <laughs> Maybe well, they couldn't find any more jobs after they released it. I don't know. Believe it or not, this got converted multiple times. Uh, your Amstrad. Or Schneider, uh, CPC, the, the uh, Commodore 64 128, the MSX 1 and 2, uh, the ZX Spectrums, and the ST. All got conversions of this. And then and, and along those lines, and Dreamcatcher points this out in his uh, article, this game on those systems received pr- pretty positive uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. 80s to 90s, I mean, it, there were, I mean, if you could imagine. And they're this game, by the way. So I just want to, you know, hedge it with that. Which is interesting because I, we'll talk about the reviews the Amiga got later, but this game did not review well on this platform. No, it did right? not. Okay. It did not review well at all. So, both, since you have a better grasp of this than I do, you want to explain what exactly you do in this game. Because I'm guessing most of the listeners haven't ever played this. Okay. From what I can gather... And we couldn't find any documentation, and I looked. Go ahead. Um, you control your uh, your seafaring vessel that travels above the ocean. Um, you can access a mini-map in which you can close or open various beaches around the island. Um, you have a number of bathers that are displayed on this screen. 
Um, and I guess your job is to close beaches where you see Jaws. Uh, you can see Jaws on the mini-map, um, and you can see him on the main map. Uh, you, you see his fin protruding above the water, and if you don't close a beach in time, uh, someone will get eaten. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be any um, impetus for why you want to prevent people from being eaten or why you don't want to just close all the beaches. We haven't, we haven't determined. I'm, well, I'm sure there's a game reason for it, but we, again, not, not having been able to find the documentation, we couldn't determine exactly right, what that was. Right, So that's all we'll say about that part of it. The majority of the game is you descend from your ship into a small submersible in which you navigate... Uh, undersea passageways filled with uh, crazy enemies that shoot projectiles at you in search of part of a big spear gun. Once you assemble all the parts of the spear gun, you collect them from various places, you are able to take Jaws on and defeat Jaws. Now, and now I do know, having read a little bit about it, you've got four, that when you get the bit, which are, you're never going to get this gun. But let's say a miracle happens and you collect all these pieces of this gun. You've got four bullets in the gun. You have to pop the cap in yonder face, and I believe you have to hit three of the four bullets in him, in Jaws. Mm-hmm. If you if you get him three times, he dies. And there's a, an animation of Jaws running through with a spear, looking mm-hmm. all bloody. It's like, good job, you know. Uh, if, I, if you miss with two of them, you're boned, from what I could tell. Uh, there are some aspects of this when 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 you take the submersible underwater, it is the the enemies are nightmarish. It is crazy time, and they take several shots a lot often to kill. Sometimes, I mean, you could shoot a, a pump a ton of lead into. Yeah. Them. So there's a, there's a couple problems. One, this is a one hit kill game. So if you get hit by an enemy or by one of their projectiles, you immediately die. You have six, uh, I think it's five, five or six men at the six, beginning. Six, six divers. Um, and uh, once you get, once you die six times, that's it. That's the end of the game. The enemies, and you get, a, you get a beautiful screenshot of a diver that's mauled. Right. The enemies, on the other hand, have crazy difficult to hit hitboxes. Like, you have to hit right in the right place or won't register. So they take several hits to kill, and you're really never sure if you've actually hit an enemy or not until it dies. This is compounded by the fact that your craft, while it can shoot in multiple directions, it never quite manages to shoot in the direction that you want it to shoot in. Yes. Um, so this leads to a very frustrating experience. Now, um, add to that, the, the, once you're underwater, there's no map. Like the, you're under these cavernous, you know, it's kind of like a turrican level where it's just like kind of a maze. And um, you, you have no indication of what direction you're supposed to go in um, or where exactly you are in the ocean. Like, so if, you, if you've had to backtrack, uh, if you're looking for various pieces of the spear gun. So, again, maybe this is something that the documentation will help with. But without that, it's really, really hard to know what to do. I, I don't know if every place you put your submersive in has something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's some the meters on the main page have something to do with the temperature that will tell you gives you a hint as to where you should go down. But I, again, I, that's I, most of what I know about the particulars of the game I got from Dreamcatch's article. His it was as informative as anything that I saw. Uh, the, the enemies in this make Blood Money's enemies look like a tame in comparison. Boat mentioned it when we were doing the live stream. It's true. 
they're just crazy and they're just shooting nonstop everywhere. It's just insanity. And I mean, there's tons of them. It just they're just going nuts. Uh, and your sub is huge too. It's a big thing, and it's so you're not stealthy at all. No. I mean, uh, uh, it's crazy down there. Don't go in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, Jaws is not the only thing swimmers have to worry about in this particular In fact, ocean. Jaws is far less deadly than these other enemies because yeah. at least you could dodge Jaws. Every once in a while, Jaws would show up. Like, me and Bo were playing in the in the uh, live stream, and Bo and Jaws just kind of... Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. He jawed right up. He in, yeah. And, and so when he got there, Bo was like, oh, good God, it's Jaws. <laughs> And he and he he ran away. Jaws chased him, and so Bo just went deeper. Jaws just, <laughs> Jaws just passed right he on just by. Lingers on by. Did you see me walking yeah. down the street? So Jaws, he's hungry, but he's not go out of his way hungry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's got other things. to You know, do, it's I like guess. it's like I could have fast food, or I could go cook a meal. I'm gonna go eat McDonald's. That's right. what he did. Right. So so he's not that dangerous. He's cool. He looked good. Mm-hmm. What do you he's, think about this game graphically and from and the audio standpoint? Graphically, this game looks very nice. I think this game looks great. Uh, the enemies are varied. You know, they're different shapes and sizes, and they're 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 fluorescent. They glow. I think your submersible submersible looks kind of neat. Um, Submissible is better. It's, it's it's animated well. I guess we should mention the the cutscene at the beginning of the game. Oh but, yeah, um, that that was pretty cool. Your your submersible is actually modeled in 3D. Mm-hmm. It looks like something from Out of This World or uh, Another World. There's another, there's another bit at the very beginning where like the name of the of the distributor comes out of this like door mm-hmm. thing. I don't know what was going on, but that was all. <laughs> and then there's a they kind of recreate the Jaws movie poster, the iconic scene of the girl in a bathing suit swimming and Jaws coming in here. But the girl swims about halfway across the stream, and she just starts swimming in place for a few strokes. Mm-hmm. And my poor girl, no, can't get anywhere. And Jaws just comes up and just grabs, grabs her and her. eats her. And it's pretty graphic. It too. is he pretty just, graphic. He cut, bites her in half. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's pretty, that was kind of, that was by far the coolest part of the game. Yeah. So I have no complaints with the way the game looks. Um, I think that your ship, on when you're above the ground, the way the water is animated looks good. The map looks good. It's everything other than the graphics what, that I have a problem with. I don't even think the graphics are going to be honest. I think it's I, I I hate to use the phrase, but it's one. It's a half-assed job. The uh, the uh, uh, they're kind of washed out, not in a good underwater way. Like what, Roy, the only thing is you would look at the screens and know you're underwater is the little the little tiny bubbles that are popping up. But otherwise, just it just looks grainy and weird. The submersible looks like a big egg. Well, that's what submersibles are. It's lame looking. Can't we get something that looks halfway decent? <laughs> Even going for realism here. I mean, look they at, are. Look at, look at the enemies. That's yeah. what you find in the. I ocean. can't handle. You know, I hate when I go to the beach and, and I'm being bombarded by seahorses and clams <laughs> shooting lasers and stuff all over the place. You know, the uh, uh, it's. I don't know. I don't know if they were going for a strategy element. I don't know. I say it's it's a weird game. It's a combination of strategy and shooter, and I guess there's a strategy to it. But I don't know what it is. You know, I honestly, like I said, without the rules, I, I don't know what to say. Then there's an air thing. Your divers can only stay underwater for so long for that to come back up. Oh so, yeah, as if the game wasn't hard enough. Yeah, so you already. can't you can't explore it indefinitely. And these these mazes you go down, and they are mazes. I mean, they're real tough to navigate, and with, especially with the critters down there. It's I mean. It's real tough. Like I said, I don't know the guy's got the patience. I was we were talking earlier. We were watching the last or the uh, the playthrough of this, and I was like, "Good grief! You have to be a super god to get through this game." I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of effort you had to put through. Uh, I don't have that kind of jack. I can tell you that right now. I never will. So, 
I uh, I wasn't keen on this one. You know, I mean, again, the strategy element of it may be there if if we find out what it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not sure that's going to save it. To be honest with you, it just, yeah. It, I, it Jaws is a tough license. I don't know I, to, to turn into a video game. I was telling Boat what I think would be more fun is if you got to be Jaws. Mm-hmm. Now that would be kind of fun. I mean, you could do something with that. Mm-hmm. But I guess they said, okay, what kind of games can we make that are cheap and quick? Okay, we'll do some kind of shooter, and that's what they did, and that, and so that's what you get. Uh, and you know, I guess while we're on it, we we also had a quick look at the the NES version of this, the sort of infamous uh, NES version. Now, <clears throat> these were two different games made by two different companies, and the NES version is sort of uh, uh, renowned for its crummery. It's not that good. It was made by uh, LJN, which are synonymous with sucking for the for the NES. Uh, but uh, we actually, of the two, when we tried them both, and don't get me wrong, this is not a super game by any stretch, but this is not bad. Right. I mean, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, it they took they they had less graphically to work with. They had less powerful system, but they took what they had and did something that was sort of like a game. Again, if you've seen Jaws, if you don't remember the scene where the big submergible, the submersive uh, submarine goes underwater <laughs> to go after parts of the spear going to kill Jaws, well, guess what? You're not forgetting that it didn't happen. And in the NES version, if you don't if you don't remember the part where the uh, the diver goes underwater to shoot jellyfish, that didn't happen either. I guess they just they're playing the hand they were dealt. They got the Jaws license and they went for it. I don't know how successful these games were, but. Because Jaws came out in like '75. Oh yeah. So well, I mean, who who were these? Who was the market for these games? Is another question I would have. You know, it's kind of like Star Wars. It's sort of an evergreen franchise. Is it? I don't know. That's what that. That's what they were. That's thinking, not obviously. what it is, is it? You know, it's uh, uh, it's it's a it's a franchise that had. I mean, granted, it was it caught everybody by storm. But even, I remember as a little kid, I was scared of sharks because of Jaws, and I never even seen that. Just, I heard about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's tough to capture that feeling in a game but right. the, i'd say the nes one it does a better job but that's not saying much you know to be honest with you so i think that's pretty much all i've got to say about that did you uh did you look at any reviews for i did look at some Jawsy? reviews um there weren't that many to be honest with you uh amiga force gave it 33 percent and um a german magazine the name i can't even pronounce that the tour magazine gave it uh, three out of ten. I'd say that's about right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Believe it or not, this is available on eBay. I was surprised as hell. Not in America. Again, it's another game I was to be surprised if it had an American release. Um, in Spain, forty bucks. You're you're good to go. In Germany, thirty five bucks. And if you want just the discs. You can find those for about thirteen bucks shipped. So uh, it's your money. <laughs> it's your money. Well, guys, we thought we were going to not have enough to talk about on this show, but it turns out we did. So we're going to save Flying Shark for our next episode, um, and we're just going to wrap this bad boy up. Um, I'd like to thank those of you who are in the chat with us, uh, Brett, Jason, Henrik. Thank you for hanging out with us. You can always check out Amigos uh, on our YouTube gaming channel. Uh, get signed up for notifications when we're taping episodes live or other things live. I'd also like to thank 
um, Adol's guard, who is the only soul in this world I feel brave enough to attempt and complete the Jaws complete playthrough on the Amiga. Mm. Um, that was who we used for our, salute um, you, sir. our in-game yeah. footage. And also World of Long Plays for a little bit of that NES game footage. So thank you guys. Love those guys, yeah. And uh, finally, I'd like to thank all of our awesome Patreon people. Um, and I'm going to do this. I was inspired when you talked about Jaws just walking on by. And I thought I'd sing a little Swing. Burt Bacharach for you. Burt Bacharach? Yeah. Holy moly. Adam Battersby, John Marshall, Darren Coles, Neil Mansell, Brutal Barracuda, Alvin Kabob, David McCrandles, Gary Hacker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tom Humbertstock, Josh Nan, Jason Warns, Nate Eric Nelson, Graham Webb Cave, Paul Herring, Rob O'Hara, Lauren Jerule, Jonas Rulo, Kjolbjorn Bauman, and Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Foles, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, Brent Dowdy. I, I threw my own, I made it my own. Is Burke Bacharach dead? He is now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll put him down. And Aaron, I don't know if you're aware of this, but last Wednesday was International Amiga Day. I was aware of that. I saw many, many nice little uh, pictures and whatnot. And although International Amiga Day may be over for this year, you might be interested in getting ready for next year. And what better way to prepare yourself for International Amiga Day than buying yourself a new Amiga t-shirt? So Cheap plug. That's right. If you head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash Amiga Tees or just click on the link from everythingamiga.com, you can outfit yourself in only the finest Amiga wear. Mm. Anything from Aaron's lovely Amigos Are Scum t-shirt to the Amiga Workbench t-shirt or maybe even a, an Amiga Staff and Supporters tee, which I don't actually see on here. So I'll have to put that back up there pretty soon. Um, <laughs> so that's it for the plugs. Uh, Aaron, we're gonna, we're actually going to change things again. Um, I think this show is going to actually air after last the, the show that we taped last Sunday. So this is going to be episode 98, which means the next episode that our fans are going to see after this episode is episode 99. And what is episode 99, Aaron? The secret of Monkey Island. That's right, guys. We're finally doing it. It's been 99 episodes, and this game ain't one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down with the extra time. I have not played this to, to any length, and I'm going to give this a good proper play. All right, all right. So we'll have a full review for that. No, uh, we won't. We'll have our opinions on it. It's not a review, for God's sake. Some people get way too hung up in no, this. No, no. Um, we'll be back. We're gonna talk about Monkey Island. It's gonna be a good time, and then. Episode 100. So, it's coming up quick, Aaron. Mm. 
We're getting prepared. Make sure you vote, everybody. Vote up or down each of the games on the site so we can get that reader's top five going. Amigos Challenge. Amigos. Vote on the site. The uh, Also take the quiz. That's They're all right. there. Everything's there. Everything Amigos.com? Uh, no. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> See it's you later, everybody. Adios. Adios.